Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every single part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I'm your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw, with me as always, my special guest that is there every time, a small sip of whiskey. Wow. Tastes like Star Wars. Now, 
on with the show. If this is the first time you are listening, here's how Star Wars counseling works. A fan of Star Wars, a fan of Force Center, sends in a grievance, something that bothers them in Star Wars, and then I examine it from lots of different perspectives, the logical, the personal, the bizarre, and I try to make people feel better about whatever is bothering them in Star Wars. Normally, I tackle a couple of grievances on any given episode of Star Wars counseling, but sometimes an issue comes in that is so big, so monumental, so important to the fabric of Star Wars, and also so absurd, fun, and dumb that I feel I must devote the entire episode to that grievance. And this is one of those episodes. Our grievance today was sent in by Alex Lloyd. Alex is a patron of Force Center on Patreon. Thanks for that, Alex. Alex sent in a lengthy and thoughtful question, some of which we answered on a recent episode of the Force Center main show, but buried within that was this Star Wars grievance, so I'm paraphrasing just a little bit. Here is what Alex has brought to us. Anakin does not have a father. Why does this never come up? as a topic of conversation with Anakin in Episodes 2 and 3. Now, this is a delightful topic, and because of that, I have thought about it way, way more than you would think a human ever would, and so I would like to share some of these thoughts. As I turn this over and over in my mind, is it true that Anakin never addresses not having a father in Episodes 2 and 3? Does no one else bother to broach this subject with Anakin in Episodes 2 and 3? And I did find that, yes, yes, the topic is broached with him from a certain point of view. Like so many things in Star Wars, it's from a certain point of view. This one is from a very manipulative point of view because it comes from good old Sheev Palpatine, I believe in my little Star Wars heart of hearts, that when Sheev Palpatine tells Anakin Skywalker the legend of Darth Plagueis at the Galaxy's Opera House while they are watching Squid Lake, that it could be interpreted as a conversation about where Anakin came from and the fact that he did not have a father. Now, the legend of Darth Plagueis that Chief Palpatine spins is, of course, that Plagueis learned to manipulate the midichlorians to create life. Now, the implication could be that the life that Darth Plagueis created was indeed Anakin, because we know from Shmi Skywalker that there was no father. She just carried him. She gave birth to him. She raised him. Now, in the Darth Plagueis novel which is in the EU, not the European Union, in the expanded universe of Star Wars, which is no longer canon, we get a lot more information about that. We get to hear a lot more about Darth Plagueis and his apprentice, Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Sheev Palpatine, actually manipulating the midichlorians to create Anakin Skywalker. So while it is not currently in canon, you can, like me, choose to believe in your own headcanon that, yes, it was Darth Plagueis and Darth Sidious who actually did create Anakin. If that is true, then that means that scene in Revenge of the Sith is a discussion in which Anakin is hearing about how he came to be. It is a weird Sith explanation of where babies come from. 
when two dark lords like each other very much and want to control the galaxy, they can get together to manipulate dark, unnatural magics and manipulate the Force itself. And nine months later, little Annie will be born. So that's my just out-of-the-gate counseling, that if you want to believe all the things that I do, then technically there is a scene in Revenge of the Sith in which Anakin listens, but maybe doesn't fully comprehend that he is having a discussion about his lack of a father. Or if you want to think about it a different way, he has two dads, Darth Plagueis and Darth Sidious. Who knows? Again, this might change, not canon. Now, all that said... In my opinion, I also do believe that in the stories of Episodes 2 and Episode 3, the fact that Anakin does not actually have a father actually does come up. It's just that we don't get to see it on film. And who knows, maybe it is in the novelizations of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It's been many years since I've read those books. I would like to think that if there was a chapter of one of those novelizations that was called Who is Anakin's Daddy, that I would remember that. But I don't. Anyway, maybe it's in the novelizations. So here's why I think that it does come up. We might not get to see it on screen, but we can imagine this conversation happening. I think it has to come up, because Anakin not having a father is tied up in the idea of him being the chosen one, right? And we know from watching the films, the actual films, that Anakin knows he's special, that he's more powerful than other Jedi. I can see the Jedi kind of fudging around talking about why doesn't Anakin have a father, but I think they must have talked to him directly at some point about the prophecy. Now, Admittedly, we don't really see that too much on screen. The closest I can think of Anakin ever acknowledging himself that he is a part of this prophecy of the Chosen One in the movies is Revenge of the Sith when Anakin tells Padme something's wrong. He's not the Jedi he's supposed to be. That could be an indication that not only does Anakin understand I'm supposed to be a good Jedi like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Coleman Trevor even better than Coleman Trevor, like up there with Oppo Rancisis. Anyway, the point is, it seems like Anakin knows that he is supposed to be not just a Jedi, but a Jedi with a specific purpose, with a specific destiny. So that makes me think that Anakin is well aware of the Chosen One prophecy. There are so many hours of the Clone Wars animated series, it's possible that there is even a little bit more direct acknowledgement in the Clone Wars animated series that Anakin is aware of the Chosen One prophecy, but I just think in the big picture, there's no way he couldn't be. Now that said, it is fun and fascinating to realize that most of the Chosen One and prophecy mentions in the actual prequel films are not made in Anakin's presence. Obi-Wan talks about him, Uh, certainly Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Mace Windu, Yoda, they all talk about the prophecy, but Anakin is usually not around. The place in the prequel films where the Chosen One prophecy is explicitly discussed with Anakin is Obi-Wan yelling it at him after Obi-Wan has cut off Anakin's limbs and Anakin is burning by a river of flames. If, if, and it is... A big if. 
my friends. If that's the first time that Anakin has ever heard about the Chosen One prophecy, that's terrible. That would really, really suck if he was sitting there in pain, burning, being consumed by the dark side. And this is the first time Obi-Wan or the Jedi have mentioned the prophecy to him that is definitely closing the blast doors after the Rancor is out of the pit, if you know what I mean. No wonder Anakin is mad. So I don't think that's uh, that happened, because that's just, to me, a silly way to see this knowledge. So you have to assume that Anakin was told about the Chosen One prophecy before his master, his brother, the closest thing he has to a father, cut his limbs off and left him burning by the side of a river of flames. Anyway, my headcanon. My headcanon for this is that it comes up quite often, the fact that Anakin didn't have a father, and that's all tied up in the idea of him being the Chosen One. I think it comes up often from many different perspectives. And that's going to be very confusing for Anakin. And that makes sense to me because I think a key part of Anakin's character is that he is always having pressure applied to him from many different sources. So everybody always wants Anakin to think their way. And Anakin is a little stubborn, a little headstrong and trying to think his own way. And I don't think any of the conversations about his not having a father and how that relates to the prophecy of the Chosen One, I don't think they're ever really great conversations. I don't think they're high-quality conversations because it's a tough thing to bring up. Hey, by the way, as you know, Anakin, you have no father, but some people believe midi-chlorians and the Force were manipulated to create you, and you are the Chosen One. It is your destiny. It is your responsibility to bring balance to the Force specifically by killing the Sith, assuming we're interpreting the prophecy correctly. Now clear your mind of questions. Imagine being a teenager and being told all that. You have no father. Uh, It is your responsibility to fulfill this prophecy. A lot of people doubt the prophecy is actually true, but if it is, could you do it? Could you save the galaxy by killing the Sith as soon as we find out who they are? That would be great, and that's why you don't have a father. Clear your mind of questions. That is a big pile of weird things to be told by your Jedi Masters, and I can relate to Anakin in some ways because I think even normal humans get told weird things about where babies come from. It's a weird awkward conversation sometimes. This is a true thing that my mother told me when I was very, very young. She told me that babies come out of a hole that is near a woman's legs. Near, near a woman's legs. Now, that is not a lie, but it's not quite true either. It's like half true. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi true. I was very confused by this as a child and legitimately thought that there was some sort of portal in time and space itself that opened near a woman's legs, that it wasn't actually a part of the woman's body, just a portal in time and space opened up, floated around at crotch level, and then sometimes, whoops, a baby fell out, and you just had to be ready to catch that baby. I thought, wow, so much responsibility. Anyway, I had a difficult upbringing. The point of all that is even normal Human Earth biology can be a difficult conversation. So imagine going through all of this as Anakin with all of that extra baggage. And that's where I really, really got caught up in thinking about this topic, this grievance for a super long time. 
just thinking through all of the different people who might have tried to tell Anakin something about where he came from, going all the way back to his youth. I think Shmi probably told him something kind and weird, but extremely vague. Something along the lines of, like, uh, Anakin would say, like, oh, well, hey, I was talking to my buddy Kitster about his dad. Uh, Where's my dad? And Shmi would probably just look at him kindly and say, you were meant to help people. Go finish your protocol droid. Again, kind, beautiful, but maybe not very helpful. The uh, idea you were meant to help people is he like, that's the father's name? It's a long name. You were meant to help people. I don't think Shmi gave him a definitive answer. But Shmi is by far not the only person Anakin was interacting with in his youth. Uh, he's got Watto, the first in a string of potentially awful father figures, and all the other denizens of Mos Espa, and they probably had all sorts of weird theories about where Anakin came from. Now, Anakin is a a slave. His mom's a slave. I'm sure it's uh, normal for there to be different family structures. Maybe the dad isn't always around. I think in a lot of cases, maybe the families were separated from the father. Maybe the father went out for a pack of death sticks and never came back. Who knows? But still, still, if Anakin just kind of casually brought up, uh, by the way, uh, I have no father. Like, it's not that he ran off. I just don't have a father. I think he'd be told lots of weird things. Maybe the deep space pilots told Anakin his father was also an angel on the moons of Iago. Who knows? I think Anakin heard so many confusing explanations of the birds and the bees, or the Minox and the power couplings, or whatever the Star Wars metaphor is. Because I think it had to be a question for him. Because I don't think Shmi would lie to him. I don't think Shmi would just say, your father left. His name was Duke Starkiller. I loved him very much. Uh, he died in a tragic moisture evaporator accident. I don't think Shmi is the lying kind, so I think Anakin would have always felt that mystery, and he would have collected nothing but weird answers from Watto and all the other weird people of Mos Espa. Who knows what Jira told him? So off Young Anakin goes to the Jedi with a head full of unanswered questions. Now, I think if Qui-Gon lived, I think he would have talked to Anakin about the prophecy, about not having a father, about being the chosen one, about uh, what a virgins is all the time. I think it would have been hard to get Qui-Gon to shut up about it. I think they would have always been just going out for picnics. I don't know why a picnic just seems like a natural, beautiful place. Qui-Gon and Anakin would have those picnics, and Qui-Gon would ask questions of Anakin. What do you want to know? And be a good back and forth. I think it's one of the great tragedies of the life of Anakin Skywalker that Qui-Gon probably would have been a good father figure. I think there's even a possibility that Qui-Gon would have bucked the Jedi Order and would have gone back for Shmi. So many possibilities of what Anakin's life would have been if Qui-Gon had lived, but he did not. They did not get to go to vision quests together. They would have gone to mystery force caves together. That's where they'd have their picnic in mystery force caves to search for the answer of the creation of Anakin Skywalker. But alas, as anyone who has seen The Phantom Menace or back in the day read the track list for the soundtrack of The Phantom Menace, you know Qui-Gon Jinn dies. 
And so Anakin goes on to Obi-Wan and the rest of the Jedi. Now, I have to believe, I have to, that Obi-Wan told Anakin about the Chosen One prophecy. We talked about that a little bit. But I think another great part of the story of Anakin Skywalker is that Obi-Wan wasn't quite ready for a Padawan. He had just become a Jedi Knight himself. He had questions about Anakin. Yoda had feared great danger in the boys' training. Maybe Obi-Wan had a little anxiety about that. So I think Obi-Wan's talk about the Chosen One prophecy was maybe as well-intentioned but messed up as what my mother told me about where babies come from. Now, that's the direct master and uh, Padawan-apprentice relationship, but we also know that Jedi train younglings all the time, and I also believe they have to have some sort of basic health class, like some basic sex ed type of lesson. Maybe it happens when you're a very young youngling. Maybe it happens when uh, different species hit puberty. Who knows for all the different species? Maybe some of them go through puberty at six and some at 28. Who knows? But imagining that a lot of the humanoid young Jedi go through puberty around 13, they have some sort of class taught by Yoda, maybe called like your body, the force, and you. They discuss all sorts of uh, interesting topics like good attachment, bad attachment, love everyone, don't love a specific person, all that kind of stuff. And if these classes are indeed taught by Yoda, they have to get very confusing. Again, sensitive topics that maybe the young Jedi have not been exposed to a lot. And then Yoda. Think of the clarity of Yoda's line when he tells the clones around the survivors a perimeter create. Imagine hearing the birds and bees backwards when Yoda teaches you the bees and the birds. And then at the end of that awkward hollow slideshow, Yoda once again tells you to clear your mind of questions Mace Windu is standing there glaring at you, and Kit Fisto is there smiling for some damn reason. You have no idea what. I think that maybe it's even on purpose that the Jedi, the young Jedi, are scared away from even the concept of sex by how weird this presentation of your body, the force in you, is. I'm getting deep into some headcanon here. Anyway, the point is... I think it's a confusing, isolating experience for young Anakin. It's awkward for any Jedi because they have this very different life. They have all this responsibility. It's a difficult, serious path. They've been separated from their families of birth, and they really only know other Jedi younglings. But then Anakin is even more different than these kids who are different. He doesn't even have a father. He started Jedi school later than all the other kids. Maybe they already had a little sex primer, and this is all brand new to Anakin. And I think in the big picture, this is really one of the answers to the question of why does it not come up to Alex's very good grievance? Why does this not come up in episodes two and three? Because Anakin is surrounded by weird, uptight Jedi. The Jedi are too uptight. That is a big part of the story of the prequels, that they are dogmatic, that they are stuck in their ways, that they really should, instead of just continuing to tell Anakin the traditional Jedi way, like, do it this way, do it this way, they should be more like they talk about the Force itself, more flowing, more open, more communicative with Anakin. But instead, I think they just keep telling him, don't worry, trust the Force, do what we say which is dangerous because Anakin has 
several other people to talk to. He, of course, has Sheev Palpatine, who, long before that little talk about the legend of Darth Plagueis, probably asks Anakin about his father. I'm sure that Sheev asks Anakin about his father because he knows it's a good way to twist the knife. It's a good way to make Anakin feel more isolated, more alone. Just bringing up the fact that he doesn't have a father will maybe even remind Anakin more of Shmi and the fact that the Jedi are just letting Shmi continue to be alone on Tatooine. They're not doing anything about slavery. Maybe Sheev goes so far as to imply that he does have a father and that the father just left him. That would be a great manipulative way for Palpatine to really focus in on the fact that Anakin's path to the dark side will be his fear of losing those he loved. If he basically says, I, you know, I, I think he did have a dad, but where did he go? Where did your father go, Anakin? So evil. Now, Anakin has a not evil person to talk to in his life, and that is, of course, Padme. At a certain point in his life, of course, Padme comes into it, and I would imagine that Padme does try to get Anakin talking, that she does try to listen to him more. My interpretation of their relationship is that not only is Padme uh, attracted to this uh, bold, adventurous, caring, slightly dangerous, hot-headed guy, but that she is also somebody who looks to help people in need, and Anakin is certainly in need. I discussed this on an older episode of Star Wars Counseling, if you want to check that out. I know there are a lot of different theories and opinions about Anakin and Padme's relationship, but that's how I think about it. So it makes sense to me that Padme would try to get him to open up a little bit about this, and what a weird and fun discussion that would be. What if just on their first date, I guess I will call it in air quotes, their first date after they're married, when Anakin just casually mentions, uh, oh yeah, there is no father. And Padme says, what? Uh, Okay, this is, I didn't know that before we got married. That would make Padme feel even more strongly about helping Anakin, about being there for him. It also makes me wonder how they ended up conceiving Luke and Leia, because Anakin probably understands very little about the bees and the birds as taught to him in Yoda's presentation. I think that Padme understands quite a lot. I can't believe I'm talking about conception in Star Wars. This is probably a door best left closed. There's those fascinating moments in Star Wars where it's the mythic tale. The mythic tale is Anakin and Padme, star-crossed lovers, met they had a secret marriage, and from this union of love that was not supposed to be, two children, twins, powerful in the Force, were born. That's the mythic way the story has been told, but we spend so much time thinking about Star Wars canon. We get all of these details from books and from comic books. We get down to the practical information because we have to. We know that they drink calf instead of coffee. We know that they have uh, hollow cartoons to entertain their children because we have to. So it does invite us to start thinking about space condoms. I'm sorry I even said it. It's a fascinating line that you need to choose to draw in the sand. I'm sorry also I brought up sand in a podcast entirely about Anakin. I'm just going to change the subject now. 
Anyway, I'm sure the topic came up with Padme, if not specifically the father issue, the corresponding issue of being the chosen one and the prophecy, because it's clear that Anakin talked to Padme about his frustrations and his doubts with the Jedi Order. And I'm sure that Padme tried to convince him, like, you're a good person, you will find the right thing to do, this war will end, and, and then the path will become more clear, and we'll all be at peace, and it'll be great, and I'll help you, I'm here with, for you, I'm here with you, we'll figure it out. So maybe he got a little bit of, not answers, but a little bit of, of peace. Now at the same time, other people in Anakin's life that he has to chat to, that the prophecy might come up, the lack of a father might come up, perhaps at some point, Jar Jar Binks brought it up. I don't know exactly how Jar Jar found out. Maybe he accidentally overheard a conversation sometime, and Jar Jar tried to engage Anakin and said, you said no be having a papa? And I don't think that Anakin would have made the choice to engage with Jar Jar Binks on that. Perhaps, of course, the topic came up with someone else who is incredibly important to Anakin, and that is Ahsoka Tano. But as she does mention in uh, at least one episode of The Clone Wars, I think multiple, Anakin does not like to talk about his past. So I think he would shut down that conversation real quick. If Ahsoka, being intelligent, precocious, curious, a good uh, Jedi that does listen to the lessons of the Jedi, but also questions them, I have no doubt that Ahsoka would bring up to Anakin, so what's this prophecy about? I heard it has something to do with the virgins and the Force, and I think Anakin would just shut it down by teaching her a new cool Jedi flip to do. Hey, have you ever tried cutting a battle droid's head off this way? It's real cool. And now in this episode of, of Star Wars Counseling, I am wandering back and forth wildly, randomly, from the absolute absurd to the deadly serious, because I like both sides of Star Wars. But I think this is my most real counseling about this grievance, is that... Anakin does not want to talk about his past. I think that is a fundamental part of his character. There are great episodes of Clone Wars that deal with this in different ways. His past is nothing but wounds. Uh, Having to leave his mother, the anger of being a slave and not having his freedom, the death of Qui-Gon Jinn, the weird cold reception he got literally from the Jedi. Anakin is haunted by his past, and so he is always running towards his future. He is totally engaged in the Clone Wars, and each individual mission is something that he can focus on, and he can focus on it with the goal of, I'm going to bring this war to an end, I'm going to help bring peace to the galaxy, I'm going to be a strong and great Jedi, and then somehow, some way, I can just be with Padme, and it can be out in the open, and I will figure it out in the future, and I don't want to think about the past, particularly after his relationship with his mother, the tragedy of not being with her as a child led him to slaughter all the Tusken Raiders. That's not something he wants to dwell on. He clearly confessed it to Palpatine, but he doesn't want to dwell on it. So I feel like Anakin would shut down at a certain point. Certainly by the time we get to the Clone Wars, Anakin would shut down any conversation about the mystery of his father that Anakin would not dwell too much on the prophecy of the Chosen One because he just wants to ignore the past. Now, there is yet another person and group of people that Anakin spends lots of quality time with, and that is 
Captain Rex and all of the other clones. That's a really interesting relationship. Have the clones been told where babies come from? We see them be trained in Attack the Clones, and they've got the weird little, uh, they're staring at their screens, they've got the little uh, learning things on their heads. Learning things, like you wear on your head. So you would imagine that they've been given the kind of cut-and-dry information about where other babies come from, because that's not, the bees and the birds is not where the clones come from. They come from the genetic manipulation and the birds. So it seems like maybe that is a point, at least in some kind of in-the-middle-of-war gallows humor, that Anakin and the other Jedi could maybe bond with the clones by joking about their suboptimal, crappy education about reproduction. It's interesting to me that this is a actually a point of potential bonding between specifically Anakin and the clones because the clones also only have a father in a weird, non-traditional sense. You could say that Jango Fett is their father, but the fact that Jango wanted an unaltered clone to be his son, young Boba Fett, kind of implies that the clones are not considered, at least by Jango, while he had a head still, uh, as his actual children. Now, how much of that the clones know? Who knows? The point is... The clones would also have a murky relationship to the idea of their paternity, of who their father is. They could only have a father in a strange, metaphorical sense. So even, even if that's not openly discussed, if Anakin at any point in his Jedi upbringing has felt weird and different because he doesn't have a father, what fun to hang out with all of these clones who also like to go into battle, and don't have dads. Those are just millions and millions of people that Anakin can actually relate to. Now, as you can tell, I am trying to be exhaustive, so I thought of another sentient being that Anakin might have had a chance to either discuss or have discussed with him these questions of his paternity and the prophecy, and that is one of the most calm, reasonable, supportive presences in Anakin's life and all of Star Wars, and that is R2-D2. I like to imagine that at some point after uh, becoming uh, uh, close to R2, that maybe R2 sensed there's some gaps in your education, and maybe R2 pulled up some really descriptive hollow vids of sex talks. Maybe he showed Anakin some schematics. Who knows? Maybe R2 tried to get Anakin a little bit more caught up about the basics of biology, and maybe R2 tried to offer some information about the prophecy of the Chosen One. Who knows if uh, naughty little R2 had somehow got into the Jedi archives and maybe found some more information. It seems like the kind of thing that R2 would try to do to help out his master and friend, Anakin Skywalker. But now I'm way off way off into headcanon territory. All of this is to say, I think Anakin did hear a lot of different weird ideas about his lack of a father. I think they were, all these discussions pretty much, were tied up with confusing and frightening ideas about his purpose as the Chosen One, thoughts he could just push to the side as he raced through the galaxy, fighting the Sith, destroying droids, training Ahsoka Tano, and just generally 
trying to be the best Jedi he could be while also hiding his secret marriage. So that's my my main body of counseling. Again, lots of people to talk to about this weird upbringing, this fatherless creation, and I think that he probably got told not enough from Jedi. He didn't have enough clear communication with the Jedi, and I think when he got a little bit older, he probably just wanted to push it out of his mind, and I believe that is why we don't hear Anakin actually bring up not having a father in Episodes 2 and 3. Now, that's all Anakin Skywalker. After his fall to the dark side, after Anakin Skywalker has become Darth Vader, he has a lot of time to think. Tons and tons of solitude. He has a castle on Mustafar, mostly so he can just sit there and stew in his anger. And I think, in my head canon, one day, it suddenly clicks for him. His mind drifts back to that fateful conversation while watching Squid Lake at the Galaxy's Opera House. That story about Darth Plagueis influencing midi-chlorians to create life. And those yellow Sith eyes pop open as his broken body is floating in a Bakta tank. And the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader, once Anakin Skywalker, thinks, Holy crap! Was he talking about me? Was Darth Plagueis my daddy? And the beautiful mystery that is Anakin's creation rolls on. Alex, thanks again for sending in that delightful, serious, weird, and seriously weird grievance. I had so much fun thinking and talking about it. If you, wonderful listener, have grievances, please send them in. You can send in uh, specific questions like Alex did. It can be about Star Wars stuff in general. It can be from movies, books, big picture stuff. It can be about the community of Star Wars. Whatever is bothering you, I would like to attempt to make you feel a little bit better. You can send those grievances in to me on Twitter or Facebook. Please do use the hashtag Star Wars Counseling. That's counseling spelled with one S. And speaking of finding things, you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, live shows, comedy albums, all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can also like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center soon. This very podcast, Star Wars Counseling, will have new theme music because of our support on Patreon, and we are building to more goals of doing both audio and video commentary for all of the Star Wars movies, yes, including the Clone Wars animated movie theatrical release. We'll talk through that, too. Go find us on Patreon. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty... I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.